The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The only place to hear the critically acclaimed, much anticipated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan, Colin. Hoping you're doing well. Hoping everybody else is doing well. Hey, listen, uh, the the Pope uh, came to uh, San Antonio, you know, and uh, he was up on this big stage and he, he did his Pope talk, you know, and stuff like that. And, and he said, uh, anybody need... Healing. I'm here to heal. And uh, a boy raised his hand. Yes, son. Um, can you help me with my hearing? And the Pope says, yes. Come up on stage. And, and the, the kid came up on stage. And the Pope put his hands on the, the kid's ears and, and prayed, you know, and said, how, how, how is it? How's your, how's your hearing? And the, and the kid goes, well, it's not till next Wednesday. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good one. I really like that one. Big laughs from Duff and the joke of the week. Duff, you never let us down. And neither does Talk is Jericho alumni, Dave Schrader of the Paranormal 60. Dave's going to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at C5 Alive next week. But for those of you who can't join us, we got him here today to offer some uh, investigative insight to an incredible story that just happened a couple weeks ago in Miami. I'm sure some of you have heard about the Miami Mall alien incident. Well, that's what we're discussing today. And Dave brought along his friend Greg Lawson. Texas law enforcement, former military, and a paranormal investigator himself. Here's a story, according to Miami police and news media reports. A group of 50 or so teenagers started a riot at Bayside Marketplace, an outdoor mall just a few miles away from Miami's infamous South Beach. The teenagers were allegedly lighting off fireworks and fighting, and that led to panic, chaos, and numerous arrests. Problem is, social media reports and video paint an entirely different picture of what happened at Bayside Marketplace. Grainy video footage was posted from the mall showing an 8 to 10 foot gray being that appeared to be moving. Pictures of an overabundance of law enforcement at the scene were posted, alleging the large police response was to cover up the alien landing. Social media claimed all air traffic was stopped except for black helicopters. Which one was it? Riotous teens creating mayhem or aliens invading Earth? We talk about that, plus the 10-foot-tall alien that was supposedly seen in Brazil. So much action going on. Talk about the uh, alien UFO uh, investigations that have been going on in, in, uh, in the government, the inquests, the reports. We break it all down with Dave Schrader and Greg Lawson right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. 
huge events here in the uh, possible paranormal world with last Monday's uh, possible alien invasion at a mall in Miami. And we have Dave Schrader rejoining the show. Greg Lawson is here as well to discuss exactly what went down because there's a lot of conjuncture and kind of rumors. Dave, why don't you kind of start off and, and kind of fill us in as to what happened in Miami just a few days ago? Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, this grabbed the entire world's attention because of the way that it was represented. So many people were fascinated by what was going on. Bayside Mall in Miami, very popular destination spot for all the cruisers to hit that mall and and for people to be in there. Uh, There were suddenly these reports that were coming out originally that there was a large group of teenagers that were in the mall causing problems. Suddenly there were what sounded like gunshots, bangs, people running out of the building and uh, flooding the streets. And this is all, there's footage of it. There's eyewitness accounts of these people scrambling to get out of the building. Allegedly there were teens running amok with sticks and causing vandalism and this and that. However, more reports started coming out that these 10 to 12 foot tall alien creatures started phasing in and out of view. People were seeing them stalking through the malls. And that's what all of the commotion was. That's what was causing everybody to freak out and run out of the malls. Then we started getting stories of 30 to 60,000 homes in the area suddenly lost power and that the Miami-Dade airport closed down air traffic control. So this became a really big story really fast and especially having that many people involved. So I'm, I'm friends with Greg Lawson, who's a part of my podcast, The Paranormal 60, and he's a a police officer, an investigator, and has served in, believe it or not, almost every branch of the military as a special investigator and and, uh, Mm -hmm. amazing guy. So I wanted to know, let's look at this entire case. Let's look at all of this blow by blow. And there are some interesting elements of this that kind of weigh into both categories of something strange and anomalous, maybe filtered in with an actual thing that was taking place at the mall. So that that's kind of the overview of this case. And uh, Greg, I don't know if you want to, you know, kind of take off with what you know legally uh, from the law side. Yeah. Before Greg jumps in, the the reason why there is even more than just you know the the shadow figures and the the video of the supposed ten foot alien, there looked like there was 150 cop cars outside of that mall. Um, and that's just the one view they were surrounding. And it's like, to me, it seems so strange and, and such a, you know, let's jump into our government conspiracy pants, such a, such a conspiratorial thing to say that there was a fight between teenagers that then demanded 200 cop cars to show up on the scene. So I just wanted to paint that picture as well. And I'll leave it up to you to continue, Greg. And when you look at it from outside and, and not considering a, a lot of the other stuff that has happened um, in social media and in our our nation in the last three or four years, it's very unusual, right? And mm-hmm. and the social media storm that happened probably halfway through this thing and then continued, uh, you know, 10-foot alien creatures, Nephilim, gray creatures, uh, uh, shadow beings. I mean, there, there was a, this was just a distraction from uh, the release of the names from uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, you could just keep mm-hmm. going and going as far as down the conspiracy tunnel and, and the one thing that uh that everybody ha- has to consider is you know why was that that police response because you know being a leader or being in law enforcement 
you are always wrong. <laughs> no matter what you do, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what decision you're going to make, somebody is not going to agree with you and they're going to ride that train as, as, as long as they can, they can go. So whenever I look at whether it's a, a homicide or whether it is a paranormal case, what I look at is the, you know, what's the outcry? What, what was the first thing that happened that created this ball to start rolling? And it was a 911 call from a mall of an active shooter. Now, all of the school shootings and those sorts of things that have come up in the last 20 years that have, that has, you know, really been in, in the news uh, has resulted all the way down to uh, what, 2022, the Uvalde shooting here in Texas, which changed the whole game. Mm-hmm. New policies and procedures are, are coming out across the nation on how police are going to respond. The way that re- they responded here was a citywide emergency call. Right. If you don't have somebody under arrest or giving CPR to somebody, you stop what you're doing, you get in your car, and you drive to the scene. <laughs> That's where the, the overwhelming police response uh, came from. But was there a shooting at the scene? Well, so they were uh, mistaken uh, the fireworks. Kids were shooting off the fireworks there. And uh, so somebody in the mall heard these, you know, fireworks can sound somewhat like gunshots Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with gunshots or if the acoustics are set up just right. And so they hit 911 and said, that's what's happening. And the funny thing is, is a a lot of law enforcement agencies are now getting these false 911 calls of active shooters. So you'll have people that will actually call 911, say there's active shooter. We had one very close to to where I work and uh, we ended up responding down there and it was a, an event in the park. Mm-hmm. And so this person saw all these people and decided, I'll call 911, say there's an active shooter, and then sit back and watch the police response. So you got those knuckleheads to deal with as well. So what you're saying, though, is is if it's a, a citywide emergency that every officer that's not engaged shows up at the scene. Yes, and that, that includes the officers that might be working off-duty, like as a security guard at a bar or a... Mm you know, in a theater or whatever, if you have a radio on and you hear this call go, you put down everything you're, you're doing and get straight there. And, and the, the whole idea behind it is it is to try to stop whatever is happening. Mm. Sometimes having all that, that many cops show up could create even more chaos. You know, what's the balance? How do you allocate your assets properly when you don't know what, what you're facing. That's a dangerous line nowadays in law enforcement, because if you don't send every available cop and there is active shooters going in a mall, they're going to say, why didn't we respond to this? Sure. We go there. Well, there were fireworks. Isn't this overkill? It's better to have everybody there, every law enforcement agent available. If this thing is escalating, if it is an act of terrorism, if it is just an active shooter, it's better to have everybody on deck to try to get this and then put others back out in the field uh, once they've got the place secured. But at that point, they don't know who's going to show up and from what direction and how long it's going to take. So everybody needs to descend at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the Miami uh, public information officer, Michael Vega, came f- forward and said there was about 60 officers that checked out at the scene. When you look at the video, it looks like there's a lot more, but uh, what will happen as things like this evolve, officers are showing up on the scene and they're relaying what they're hearing, what they're seeing, and where they're 
posting up. So they'll, they'll post up in different areas to try to secure that area and block in whatever's going on. There will be other officers going direct to threat. They're listening for the screaming. They're listening for the, uh, the gunshots or the explosions and they're going straight to that. The problem is when you have a bunch of kids or young adults that are just trying to create mayhem, they will scream and run and run around and the cops will end up chasing them because they think that they're accomplishing something when these people are actually just hoaxing the cops and they're just chasing them around. So that, that happened here also out of the mall and into the um, parking garage. And so a lot of those officers that you saw on the street, a lot of those cars with their lights on, on the street, they staged there on the street. You had officers out of the cars inside. So that's where, uh, you know, there's a conspiracy. Oh, they said there was only 60 officers there. I bet I can count a lot more cars. Well, probably so, but those officers were posting on the street, not knowing what was going on and knowing that they're going to create even more chaos if they get, get on foot and get in there. And so they're just posted up, staging, waiting for whoever the instant commander is going to allocate those assets someplace else. And the other scary part in a call like this I'm parking uh, a good block away. I'm going to jump out and I'm going to pull my heavy vest out. I'm going to pull my rifle out. I'm going to get everything ready. I'm going to get back in my car and then I'm going to penetrate further in toward wherever the violence is happening. So you're going to see a lot of officers with all this heavy gear on. Mm -hmm. That's even scarier, especially if it's just some kids fighting. What are you doing? The Miami downtown neighborhood and that alliance really criticized the police uh, saying that it was overkill and making them, you know, making them look bad, like they have a bunch of crime going on down there. But hey, man, that's the environment we've created. Well, it's almost like, it, it, we're lucky it didn't become kind of a self fulfilling prophecy where something gets out of hand and suddenly there is shootings or, or whatever it may be yeah. to these kids who are just having a an old fashioned mall brawl. I guess. You know. Yeah, there were there were some uh, some gang kids here in the Austin area that purposely would reach back and pull their wallet out and point it at you as a challenge in in the gang is, all right, when you see a cop, reach back and pull your wallet out and point it out. It's pretty much in the stupid category, right? Yeah, what are, what are we doing here? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, Dave, wh where does the kind of the whole thing spread to where, you know, and Greg has told us the official reasons. Now, what are kind of some of the reasons that you've heard where people kind of ran with this alien discovery story? We had a chance the other day on the show to review a video that came out from an eyewitness. And Greg, being an investigator and somebody whose job has been to debrief uh, victims and uh, perpetrators to kind of get their story, interview them, I wanted him to watch this video and kind of weigh in. And this uh, gentleman, to me, seemed very sincere throughout the entire interview. Uh, you could tell he was distracted looking off to the right as he was telling his story, but we both came to the conclusion he might have written notes down so he'd remember the points to hit, but he was very well-spoken. He was very adamant about what he saw, and I thought it was an interesting element that he said, you know, we heard all this commotion, we heard all the screaming and people running through the mall, and we went out of the store we were in, and that's when we saw these three 
10 to 12 foot tall, shadowy alien. And he goes, and I, I don't even want to call them aliens because I don't know that that's what they were, but he couldn't give a word to what he was seeing mm-hmm. and that they seem to be kind of glitching in and out of reality, which we call bleed through or, um, shifting where something that's interdimensional is, is seen for a few seconds and then pops somewhere else. And it's like, we're just seeing brief moments in those, mm. those time slips. And he was so rattled by it and so sincere speaking about this and cautious with the way he presented it and not jumping on the, it's an alien bandwagon, which I really thought was a telling remark as well, because that was the narrative. It would have been very easy for him to just say that and not even look back, but that he kind of auto-corrected himself. That video still exists. Another one was sent to me by listeners of a woman who was explaining her story. She was sobbing because she was so terrified by what she saw, what she experienced, and was explaining a very similar situation with these beings being there for one second, gone, and then being a little bit further down in the mall as they were kind of running through the area. He was very shaken. That video I thought was interesting was pulled down and I cannot, I tried before your show to, to locate it again. I wanted to hear her story. I can't find hiding her hair of that video. Going back to the original eyewitness, he brought up some really, really good points because our first thought is everybody's got a phone. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me nobody pulled out their phone and started filming 10 to 12 foot tall aliens running through the mall. And he said, when you're watching a fight break out, we're used to seeing that. Breaking out your phone and videotaping it, it's a no-brainer. It's something we've all seen and sadly have grown accustomed to. My thought was not about breaking out my camera and filming this because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought that was also an interesting explanation as to why there was no video evidence from any of the eyewitnesses. And myself, having seen an alien craft in Trout Lake, Washington, I had a phone. I didn't think to grab it because I didn't want to take my eyes off it. I stared at it, trying to understand what I was seeing. And then I did something completely unexpected. I began running towards it. Hmm. And, you know, you think about it in hindsight and I'm like, what am I nuts? I don't know what this thing is, but I ran towards it. it was my, I wanted to know so bad that that fight or flight kicked in and I chose fight, I guess I went to it. So your brain does things you don't expect it to do. And one of it is not necessarily grabbing a videotape, but we haven't seen any footage yet from inside the mall where we know there's got to be cameras. We haven't seen any of the chest cam footage, which could take a few weeks, as Greg will tell you, to process and, and make sure it's safe for public consumption, meaning that no, which he can probably explain a little bit better because it'll sound even more conspiratorial when I say it, but <laughs> they they redact things and they blur things out right, in stores right. and stuff because legalities But it was an interesting element that two eyewitnesses came off very surprising to me. One, the way you would think with the crying and the the hyperventilating and the her eyes almost glazed over as she told like she was back reliving that moment. And the other guy explaining his perspective and even giving insights as to why he didn't think to film it. As much as I'd like to say, yeah, it's just a bunch of teenagers causing trouble that two different people are reporting this one has now been removed from the internet the video's gone mm-hmm. that starts putting me back on the old this is getting interesting again now getting into the video of the 10 to 12 foot tall before we get into that one dave what was what what's the one that the witness was talking about that you can still view now 
I, you know what I can do, Chris, is I will find a link for that and send it over to you so that you can share it with your listeners. Sure, but just explain what they're seeing. Is it more from from the ground now? Like, they're, they're, yeah, they're, that's he was right. inside. That's what I was saying at the beginning. He's the guy that was inside the mall, heard the racket, and he and his family went out and saw these beings running through the mall. They were kind of shuddering in and out of visual perspective. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's the video that I want to say it was like a three or four minute video of him explaining the situation. Um, it's a really compelling interview to me I, I thought it was just really an interesting deal the woman's video which they sent me a bunch of listeners sent to me where she was crying he's gone scrubbed i cannot find anything not even somebody grabbing a copy of it and posting it somewhere which is also really unusual does that tell you that somebody has made sure of that i mean is this something that you've seen before with kind of questionable footage like that sure when something leaks and it's got um you know, again, we start going on the conspiratorial uh, wagon, but you know, if I tweet something today, somebody's already retweeted it within seconds. Right. If it's controversial, if it's a crazy video, it's retweeted, it's it's Instagrammed, it's Facebooked. Right. That this woman's video is nowhere to be found now. That to me is really weird because somebody had to have saved it. Who got that taken down? And how did they get it taken down in such a quick manner? Right. That's really kind of alarming to me as well. So talking about the other one that was kind of from the from the sky looking down. Right. We're, we're seeing from a helicopter perspective, which, again, you've got cops flying overhead, news copters flying overhead. You've got this huge police presence. And then you see this what looks almost like a 10 or 12 foot tall alien kind of walking past some of the cop cars. However, if you do pay attention, it's like this tiered step system. Some of the video is very clear that exists out there. This has got real blurry and the guy keeps panning in on it. And so it's having trouble focusing. But if you watch, it does, it appears to be three people, one on each step, kind of walking in sync together. And once in a while, the guy in the middle will get a step or two ahead and then they all kind of pop back together. So I don't believe that's an alien because again, nobody outside is reacting to it nobody's seeing it or acting as though there's problems with what they're witnessing. Uh, so I think that that video we can clearly debunk as nothing more than visual perspective, forced perspective, giving you the false evidence of what appears to be a large figure when it's just three figures on three different levels of stairs walking in synchronistic fashion. Okay. I saw, um, the video that you were just mentioning from the ground. It's pretty creepy, man. Like yeah. it looks like a tall, something walking where it's almost as tall as the tree that one kind of freaked me out because like you said the one from above looking down I, do, I don't know what exactly we're looking at but this other one there is there is some merit to it being a pretty a pretty scary video what do you think about the videos greg well yeah you, you have to look at it uh from a, a kind of a a video evidence perspective and also a trigonometry perspective is for throw a little math in there right you're looking at let's say there were only 60 police cars there. Right. And then you count all of the lights across the light bars of each police car and then their headlights and all of that. And it's, uh, you're, you're basically at the club, right? It's nothing but blue and red and white <laughs> flashing lights. And these are different length, uh, you know, wavelengths of these lights, which is going to get a different perspective. Also, the shadows that are going to be casted off of all these different directions gets very confusing in law enforcement uh, a few years ago we actually have a light now that you can hit and your back flashers stay on and the the flashers on the front shut off because there were so many problems with officers walking up and all of this light in their face and blinking 
they would mistake people's wallets in their hands for guns and those sorts of things. So they've actually allowed technology to shut those front lights off so that you, you can actually work in a little better lit environment. So that, that was a very chaotic environment. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. That could be one of the reasons why people were seeing things that were really tall. It could be a, a five foot tall person. And because the shadow is cast on uh, the ground or on the, on the walls or on the trees, it could m- make them look much larger. Mm. But the other thing, as far as the uh, conspiracy theory, as far as project uh, blue beam, uh, you, you get you do the deep dive on that on uh, uh, the internet. They believe that uh, the the government has holographic technology that can simulate an alien invasion or aliens in order to distract from what the government is actually doing and get us talking about aliens instead of talking about the stock market or talking about different types of laws that are being broken by government officials or something like that. So there's there's that one too to play with. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's talk a little bit more about Project Bluebeam, Dave. What more can you add to what Greg just said? When you when you look at all the things that are going on, it's that's what's making it so hard right now. We're hearing these congressional hearings, which another one just took place, closed-door con- congressional hearings, and a lot of the senators and people, representatives that are in there are feeling like they're really not walking out of these meetings learning anything new. And that's because there are different elements of our agencies that they're creating things that are meant to look one way and be something else, whether it's our own craft, uh, whether it's how things are are being perceived. We're working in, we already know the government's working with infrasound and that they utilize that to cause confusion and Havoc among people, and they've they've proven that some of these things are being used in tactics over large crowds to see how they react. So this was a, a telling instance of this. However, you got people inside the building reacting the same way the people outside the building are reacting to this scream fest. I haven't seen anybody else come forward to share personal stories. So that starts to rub me the wrong way, or are they being shut down quickly? Right. So, you know, again, getting into the whole Project Bluebeam, the fact that we do have government agencies working and they've never stopped, even though they said they did stop investigating UAPs and UFOs, that they are aware of other technology that can make things appear to be paranormal or alien in nature that are not in order to get the attention of the enemy distracted to a different place or location with holograms while they're flying stealth in another direction. We really don't know what we're up against, even within our own government anymore. So that's where it starts to get kind of, kind of strange. And if, if I can mention one other conspiratorial angle of this, the big story too, was the fact that there were 30 to 60,000 households had a power outage at the same time. That's weird. Right. Then we have, uh, the claims that the Miami airport shut down flights and there was a ground stoppage. So that's another element that we can go in and investigate to verify these strange claims, because if they all do start compiling up, it sure looks shady. One thing I cannot find a spot of information on 
is any power outages yeah. anywhere. The flight part, uh, law enforcement officials have come forward and said there was absolutely no grounding of flights. There was absolutely no stoppage, I think is interesting because um, if you go online and look right now in the Tampa Herald and I think New York Times, they have an article that says flight delays were reported across the U.S. on Monday, the 2nd of January because they were having issues at air traffic control. Miami International Airport said uh, Monday afternoon that a radar data link outage was to blame, but that it had been resolved. And the Federal Aviation Administration followed up by issuing a ground stop for all aircraft trying to fly in or out of Florida. So for the police to summarily dismiss, this did not happen, but the FAA and Miami International Airport say, we did shut down, we were having instrumental issues, which we've heard UFOs can impact and affect instruments on planes, uh, nuclear reactors, nuclear missile silos. So there is that element of, well, that's that's weird. However, mm. the key element to this new article, which the other night was not part of the article when Greg and I talked about this, was that it said um, Miami International Airport said Monday afternoon that the data went out. This didn't happen until later that night at the uh, mall. So there's a, a different time. So people may have been just grabbing onto the fact that at one point during that day, there was an outage and they're heaping it onto this to, to back their story even further. But we can't summarily dismiss that either because knowing what we know about uh, reports of alien craft and UFO interference, it does cause problems with air traffic control. Right. Maybe that's when maybe that's when they landed. Right. <laughs> they, that it caused all the problems, and then you know once they got out and got their Uber down to the uh, mall. <laughs> just saying. But why why is there such discrepancies then? You know, you mentioned that you've heard reports of thirty six thousand homes uh, losing power, and then there are airport issues and there aren't airport issues. You, you know, once again, listen, we're just striding the line of is it real? Is it not real? But why does that sort of stuff seem to happen whenever these weird events occur? Well, because I could go on right now online and put up a picture of, of you I have standing with my wife going, Chris Jericho seen stepping out on his wife, photograph yeah, here. Of course. That's all people need is a photograph yeah. and a headline, and yeah. that's as far as they go. Instead of going, no, that was Dave Schrader's wife standing next to Chris Jericho on the Jericho. They, well, they don't care about the actual facts, though, at that right. point, right? Yeah. Facts go out the window. So all I need to do is just put out there. 30 to 60,000 homes lost power. Mm -hmm. And then people grab it and put it on the pile with the plane stoppages, the crazy things that were taking place at the mall. All, like I said, all of a sudden you've got the snowball effect and people are so Twitter and social media challenged now that if we have to read anything more than a paragraph, most of us lose yeah. complete interest in it. So the headline grabs you and that's pretty much the end of the story for most people. That was all they needed to see. And yet you have to look at also uh, employees. You have to look at uh, government employees and, uh, and uh, you know, the shortages on government employees and you call down and you want some information. The person that you're talking to probably doesn't have it, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't want to get in trouble. So they give you some sort of information that will try to help you. Just in the area I live in, the county I live in has over 50 law enforcement agencies in it and none of them talk to each other. So when you're trying to disseminate uh, real-time pertinent information, it's very difficult. It's a little irresponsible also for law enforcement to say, hey, we didn't have any power outages. We didn't have any delays. You don't work for the power company and you don't work for the FFA or FAA. You need to say, 
you need to contact the airport on that, not answer for, you know, not be their reportee. It gets a little, uh, a little dicey when you're right. trying to answer the right way and you get it wrong. Dave, you mentioned um, infrasound. Right. Well, explain that. I've never heard that term before. Well, you know, there's been a lot of these complaints that uh, um, some of our embassies were under attack by infrasound. So it was things that literally employees were working there. They were getting massive headaches, nosebleeds, uh, disorientation, couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, they had air ducts checked for pollen and, and mold spores, things that they would have scientifically been able to say, oh my gosh, this is what's causing it. And we have disruptive abilities with that as well. And I, Greg probably can speak more on this, having worked in military and in the police force, but uh, the infrasound weaponry that exists is meant to help disperse or control the crowds a little bit right. more easily. Am I correct on that, Greg? Typically, the ones that I've dealt with are very, very low frequency. You don't hear them, but uh, once it's pointed at you, it's it's much like a, mi- it's not microwave, so don't get don't misquote me on that, but it's much like that. You can concentrate it in certain areas and it will uh, get to the point to where it will make people throw up, cause such na- nausea that you will not want to stay in that area and protest or tear stuff up or whatever. Hmm. And so that's that's a very concentrated form of that. Which is interesting because if you look at claims of Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, there are a lot of these same side effects that are associated with seeing them. So are we being stimulated into believing we're seeing these things? Are they projecting an infrasound of their own that's causing distortion? Is that how uh, these alien craft are able to move at such breakneck speeds is because they're enveloping the atmosphere in front of them using infrasound, which basically is like drafting behind a a race car. When race cars go and you see cars get behind them, they can pick up speed because the wind around them is being opened. It's sheared by the car in front of them. They'll drive in that draft and then pull out and take off because they're getting that oomph from what's in front of them. Infrasound being beamed in front of you might be something that can disturb that atmosphere and allow these craft or beings to move through them. And again, now we're going way, way down the woo train line on this, but when you look at the m- amount of reports where people have talked about feeling exhausted, confused, nauseous, when they have these eyewitness accounts of, of alien craft beings and creatures like Bigfoot, it does start to be a pretty compelling element to what is it that they're able to do and emit that we're not physically hearing. But there are other technologies that are really Interesting too, when the TV show Paranormal State came out in, I think it was 2007, Chris, you could go to these billboards at the bus stops and you could see the image and all of a sudden you would start hearing a commercial play inside your head. They were legitimately beaming the audio into your head. That technology exists for advertisers. Hmm. So just imagine on a larger scale how that could impact and affect people which means we've got a lot more to start to explore when we look at these different cases and the things people claim to see, claim to hear, and claim to experience is how much of it is us, how much of it is something else, and are we getting that technology and that information from those different beings right. or intelligence? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What is kind of the connection to, to you know, once again, if you heard this thing at the mall, here's all the police, there's 10-foot aliens. Was it the video that the person shot that leads to people saying that there's aliens, or was it the aliens that leads to the, the video that was shot? Yeah, it was it was the video. Yeah. There were no uh, reports of aliens prior to the video being released, and then it cascaded from there. Gotcha. Dave was talking about the guy that that did the uh, very long statement, kind of just looking in the camera, telling people what he saw and what he experienced. I've been to, let's say, 500 or more family disturbances. When I go into a family disturbance, mm-hmm. that's an environment I work in. If you've only been to two family disturbances in your life, and you've seen one fight at, at, at school, and then you go to this mall and see 100 people run by you screaming, yelling, fireworks going off. You have your kid with you. Right. You know, that adrenaline dump is going to be crazy. And your ability to really comprehend everything that's going on in a very, very effective manner is going to be, there's going to be some degradation on that. That whole thing is going to be uh, in your memory. It's going to be hard to process. And then when you watch him talk, I mean, it was great. But like you said, I've had people uh, uh, text me. It's like, okay, he was looking up and to the right. So that means he was lying, right? I'm like, (laughs) you know, all of that stuff, all all the whole, uh, you know, body posturing, eye contact, inflection, your voice and everything. It's not one thing that somebody says and goes, boom, you're lying. Yeah, it's going to be a whole bunch and it's going to be throughout the whole thing on how he acts and behaves under normal circumstances. And then when you get to the stuff that's controversial, is it the same kind of behavior? So it it takes a a while to figure out whether somebody is being deceptive or not. Now, Greg, you're kind of playing the, the, you know, good cop or bad cop, depending on what side of the coin that we're standing here. Do you do you have I know you are a paranormal investigator. Is there is there times that you you could believe in other cases that there was aliens there? Have you had some evidence and experiences of that? So I've had uh, what would be considered secondary evidence of uh, behavior that is not consistent with other things. When I, when I was in the Navy, I was an operations specialist and I worked air detection and tracking for a while. What a government official answer that was. That was talking in circles. Yeah, you like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, try the chicken on your way out. So I, I was on Nimitz uh, and, and, you know, Nimitz uh, did the Tic Tac uh, thing many years after I was there. But when we would do air detection and tracking off of what's called the box off of San Diego, where we were doing uh, carrier calls, and the air wings would come on and land and they would practice. Well, we would get tracks from up around the Bering Sea, down past Anchorage, past Canada, past uh, uh, Washington, Oregon, and then down through the box all the way down to the tip of Baja, Mexico, and they would disappear at Baja, Mexico. You could look at stuff like that and say, well, it is a a weather anomaly. It's, uh, you know, you're always looking for anomalous things, right? So do with your, Mm -hmm. your equipment is you turn down your gain and you, you get rid of the clouds, you get rid of the birds and you see the aircraft. Well, when they're not flying in an air corridor, they're not being tracked by us as far as operationally. And they're flying at speeds well in excess of what our technology is and they're changing course and speed that tells me it is something else mm-hmm. and then it goes right down to the tip of baja mexico where 
there is a lot of USO activity down there and they conveniently disappear there, Mm -hmm. you know, and our, our counterintelligence, counter counterintelligence people will come in and assume our track. You get a track number for every uh, radar contact you have. So they'll have a track number. They would come in and then assume that track number and it would disappear off your screen. So it's going someplace else. For the lay people, just so you understand, because Greg's talking military and then using terms like USO, which is also a military, right. right? United States officers or whatever the USO stands for. In this case, they're meaning the uh, unidentified submersible objects, mm, yeah. uh, craft that are seen moving underneath the water and then ejecting and coming out or things that are moving above it and then enter the water and disappear. You know, I mean, that's an interesting element of, of this as well is that they may have been here all along, these beings, these craft, they just might be using the ocean. That's truly the last frontier for us here on, mm-hmm. on planet Earth is we still have places we have not fully investigated. And the ocean keeps beckoning us because it's showing us more and more. They just, I think it was off the coast of Australia recently. They just found where they believed an entire civilization lived. They just realized it's right off the coast. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's always these fascinating elements of, of this. And we did... On the first Jericho cruise, when you had me on, mm-hmm. we did this UFO intention experiment, loaded up the side of the ship with about 60 of my closest uh, naval friends. And it was great because so many of the employees from the ship came out as well to, to do this uh, with us and watch. And as we were doing this UFO summoning, these two lights appeared on the horizon and they seemed to be keeping pace with us. And then one of the lights started to bob up and down. Yeah. And the other one was just staying straight. And I was standing next to one of the uh, the employees and my son. My son is former Navy. He was stationed on the Reagan for a number of years. And I turned and I looked at him. I said, is that one appearing to go up and down because the boat's moving? He goes, Dad, this boat would have to be rolling at about a 90 degree pitch <laughs> yeah. for that one. To, and he goes, and the other one's not moving. And my son doesn't want to be a believer. So for him to see that, and no, he goes, I have no answer for what we're looking at. And that was all the employees were saying the same thing. They've never seen it. They've gone past this area thousands of times on those cruises. And those two lights were fine. And then all of a sudden the one just pinged out and the other one went with us for a while and then appeared to go down into the water and we didn't see it again. Well, just so you know, my dad was there and he told me that exact same story. And my dad's not a, you know, I think he's probably open-minded, whatever. He's like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on there. Yeah. How, how would you summon them from out of the water? Just come on up or like, did you have a rattle or something or what? Yeah, <laughs> I actually, uh, friends with a guy by the name of John Tenney, who's a, a really interesting personality in our field. And he had talked about an experiment he did on a, a supernatural themed cruise. And he said, Dave, the strangest thing happened. We put forth this concept and he goes, and all of a sudden, just this dark fog started rolling in off the ocean towards the ship. And everybody started getting real uncomfortable as we were doing this kind of summoning. And what they did was he had them all imagine just something really negative in their life. And right in the palm of their hand, just imagine it. This Imagine it as like this big icky ball of tar, just mm. whatever's holding you back in your life. Just imagine this thing. And now I want you to just turn your hand over and release it into the ocean. Just give it away. And now that we've given something, let's ask for the aliens to show up. And he goes, and I think that's why we got this really foreboding, terrifying experience. He goes, if you're going to do this, try a better approach of trying to make it lighter. So that's what we did. I had them imagine that negative thing. 
that negative influence in their life. And we did this. It was, you know, for almost like a form of meditation for about five minutes. And then I said, now I want you to start to imagine seeing light coming through the, the cracks in your hand, like that ball of tars splitting open and turning into a ball of light, burning off all that black energy, burning off all that negativity. And once that ball is just glowing and you're taking back the power, I want you to just drop it into the ocean, give back to the ocean, give back to the universe uh, something positive from this. Mm -hmm. And they did that. And then we just started calling. I said, you know, we're reaching out to the visitors that are out there. If you are there and you can hear us, we would like a sign of your presence. If you could show us something and it wasn't five minutes into it, boom, boom, two lights just appear <laughs> on the horizon and start following the ship. And we could see there was no ship. We've been on the cruise ship four or five times yeah. now, Chris, you can see other cruise ships out there. Yeah. This wasn't another cruise ship. They were two independent lights zipping along the horizon with us. One starts dipping up and down and then disappears. The other one plunges down and vanishes. So I don't know what kind of black magic I used, but it worked. And I've been a little nervous to do it again. So, The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's talk about uh, something else that happened basically around the same time. And we're talking about the 10-foot uh, aliens in Miami. There's also the 10-foot aliens in Brazil. And watching that video, once again, you're thinking, what exactly are we looking at here? Uh, Greg, what do you think about that? Man, I hate being labeled the debunker. That's why I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because I, I really don't feel like I'm a debunker, but if it's not paranormal, it's just not paranormal, man. You just sure. can't make it paranormal. No, I, and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. All, all I know is, is that that one in the, in the first video, uh, apparently the grays are as uh, mesmerized by their communication devices as we are with our phones because he's like, <laughs> I guess he's calling it his GPS coordinates for a, you know, for an extraction. It's like, uh, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is you, it's kind of like, uh, that, is it the video where they're kind of up on a mountain? Is that the one you're yeah. talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so you're kind of at the bottom of this foothill and at the top of it, there's two long shadowy figures that you think, oh, they're just standing on top of the mountain, except for you're on the ground looking up. They're very tall to be on top of this mountain. Is it just the angle that we're looking at or what? No, man, I, I there's something to that. There's yeah. uh it's very, very I don't know if it was uh, you know, the real deal or what. <laughs> Breaking news coming in just before tonight's show, Chris. I dug this story up knowing we might talk about it. I'm kind of <laughs> feeling bad for having it sent it to you because it came from TMZ. Oh, and where yeah. else are you gonna get the best news in the world than TMZ? <laughs> so when TMZ is reporting 10 foot tall aliens in Brazil, I gotta believe it. Yeah. So I looked. Yeah. And I wanted to check the video again. It's weird video. There does look to be these huge beings. And then there's a new article. The viral video of a tall alien on a hill in Brazil may have already been debunked. Aww. According to an international basketball star, his name, he's Italian athlete, Felipe Mata, who plays for Brazil's Flamingo Club, posted <laughs> online about the confusing clip after it made rounds. But as others thought that the lanky being was from a different planet, he says the clip shows him on a hike on the uh, island of Ila Domel. He says he was on the trail and enjoying the sweet view and the video was taken and he was on his phone. Yeah. So it matches. And when you see the video of him, he looks just like the shadowy outline of the alien. So 
Sadly, I get to be the debunker on this one uh, fully, Greg. It was Philippe, he's six foot five. But again, there are visual things that can change perspectives. And if there was any kind of haze and sun was projecting through the haze and catching him, he can actually cast a shadow on the haze, which would give the perspective of this 10 foot tall being moving around when actually it's a very small, well, small, six foot five, small, uh, you know, a regular person. There's another great phenomena that I encourage you and your listeners to check out. And it is these floating cities or floating ships. And you can actually see them hovering above the ocean. I've seen that. I've seen that. It's an optical illusion of the sun rays coming down, bouncing off the water. And it's actually projecting an image of a ship that's just over the horizon onto a horizon line that's above the water. So again, we think we're seeing this giant armada flying ship above the ocean, and it's nothing more than light refraction from the sunlight casting against this item and shooting it like a, a Obi-Wan Kenobi prism, right? So it's it's creating this image floating there that isn't there. We are a fallible lot, humans. And that's why eyewitness testimony, and I don't know if this is a surprise to you, Chris, but every show we we know, I look at you and I say, that's him, the guy drinking the bottle. He's the one that <laughs> held up the, the store. I know it. Eyewitness testimony is so fallible now, it's not even really yeah. allowed in court that often. Am I right, Greg? It's allowed in court, but you know, people are taking it not as serious at the, as they used to, you know. You're you're talking about that, you know, as far as uh, the mirage that you can see those mirages in the desert. We can see them on the ocean also. So you wonder why where all these stories come from, these great stories from the 1800s of these sailors experiencing, you know, these flying ships and the flying Dutchman and everything. Plus, they're drinking rum all day long. Cutting their, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help with your. Uh, cognitive abilities to discern and make a good decision. So as, as we start to wind down here, talking about all these things and something you mentioned earlier, Dave, and the last time you were on the show, we talked about the congressional hearings. You mentioned there was just another one recently. What was this one about that was different from the last two or three that we've, we've discussed? Well, what that's what they were hoping to find out is we're going to have this. This is a follow up. Um, now they're doing two types of congressional hearings. And if I, if I misspeak, Greg, please step in. One is the public version, and people like David Grush, the whistleblower, they'll prompt him with questions, and there will be times he'll say, that is something that we'll have to talk about in the behind-door session, because there's the public session, and then there's the private session that has to be told to the military, so they have to figure out, is this information we can let out to the world yet? In the public one, it's been pretty benign. It's, yeah, we have these reports, there's 250 video we can account for about a third of them. The rest, we have no clue what's mm. going on. We can't say they're alien. We can't say they're from uh, another country, but we can't tell you what they are. So they're they're leaving that door open, maybe as a way to test the waters with us to make sure we're not going to burn the world down if, if they finally admit that there are aliens amongst us, or they just don't know enough to be able to respond on it. The closed door sessions, then they get much more in depth about the information and where they got the information where it's being housed or kept. And they also have to protect their sources. They can't go on and go, listen, I was speaking to special agent Jericho and he gave me this, you know, dossier and photographs because they have to protect you where you're at with that information. So there's a lot going on in both sessions. And in this new one, they were trying to get an update. And according to the representatives and Burchette and others that were part of it, they felt like, yeah, there's steps being made, but nothing is progressing. What's really interesting as far as those 
congressional hearings, what they were trying to eliminate is the stuff that was coming in that they were just saying, oh, well, this is nothing and just tossing it over there. Right. Uh, not trusting their assessment of what nothing is. In United States law, now we have Brady law, which means anything that has anything to do with an investigation has to be open during any kind of testimony, any anything. Uh, so if you're writing, if a cop's writing a note in his notepad, that is discoverable as evidence and if he throws that away, it looks suspicious, right? Right. The U.S. military has been doing this forever, and we're, we're looking at this. And it was really interesting when those new uh, uh, guidelines came out as far as handling UFOs, all of a sudden, balloons started popping up everywhere. Y'all remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, one? of course. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason. I, ta- I actually touched on that earlier. Air detection and tracking, you turn down your gain to get rid of the birds, yeah. all the stuff that you're not worried about. I want the airplanes. Well, they told everybody to turn their gain back up. So all of a sudden, you're finding all this stuff. Immediately, there's all these balloons. And they discover all these balloons and they take action on all those balloons. Have you heard any balloons since then? No. Because <laughs> balloons are not working well now because all of these people that are, are working for the United States military have their gain turned way up and they're tracking everything. So that's that's one of the causes and effect of, of what we're seeing. And the other thing, Chris, that's kind of disheartening coming out of these, they're talking about disclosure and they are disclosing now and they will be disclosing. So uh, tonight, Dave Schrader, Greg Lawson and and uh, Le Champion go outside and see this giant craft flying overhead and we report and we call and the FBI shows up and the NSA and whoever and they take our report and we're like, yes, we saw it. This is going to be disclosed. They have 25 years before they have to fully disclose it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. hidden in the in the rhetoric of this uh, wow. bill that's been enacted. And at the 25-year mark, the president has the ability to quelch it and say, we're going to wait another 25 years. So what we thought was this great leaps and bounds is still, we're only going to find out what they want us to find out. But why even bother going through the whole rigmarole of doing the hearings in the first place then? To pacify people, to make them feel like something's happening. Yeah. That's the sad part. But I'll tell you this, Chris, your friend Dave Schrader has seen craft in the sky. And then you could say, but Dave, you're a nut. You you host a paranormal show. You've been on reality TV. How can we trust you? How about the fact that O'Hare Airport, and I think it was 2006, was shut down for hours because there was a craft hovering above one of the busiest Mm -hmm. hubs in the world. And then they said, well, what was keeping the craft from going up is it was this uh, specific weird cloud cover. (laughs) What airplane has not flown through cloud coverage before? Why would they shut it down? Then in, I believe it was China or Japan, within two years after that, they closed down three times in a one-year span because of craft hovering over their property that they could not identify and could hover there for hours. So there has been enough really compelling evidence. And another rabbit hole I could send you and your listeners down is go look up the UFO uh, that took place over Illinois, where I think it was three different police jurisdictions were following this. And at first they thought dispatch was screwing with them. And suddenly they saw this, they said it was the size of two football fields in length. And it was the size of like a 10 or 20 story tall building flying through the sky. And the police started following it and they're radioing ahead to the next city. And the next city's like, you guys are nuts. Stop screwing with us. And then you hear their police force going, holy, it's here. Mm. We can see it. And the audio exists. The reports exist. This thing was 
right. two football fields long and 10 stories tall flying over Illinois. So there is something amazing going on out there. Well, it's always so much to think about and talk about. And uh, last thing, Dave, we mentioned the cruise and you're on it again for the fifth year in a row. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to planning on doing this year for our cruisers? Because you're one of the highlights of, uh, of what we do every year. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about being back again. Um, I know I'm going to be doing two of my live podcasts, and I've got a couple of celebrity guests that are going to join me, including my buddy Luther, nice. who's going to be back up helping me host. And then I will be uh, on the final night. I always get my campfire tales where I get a chance to fill the back of the ship and uh, tell compelling and weird paranormal and spooky ghost stories, which just so happen to be available in my new book that'll be coming out this month and will be available on the Jericho Cruise, Theater of the Mind, Tales from the Darkness, Real Stories of the Strange and Supernatural. So I will be there and looking forward to uh, sharing some time with you. And who knows, maybe we'll summon Nessie this time. Oh, my gosh. Be amazing. An actual ocean monster. Right. A, a coelacanth. A plesiosaur. <laughs> Greg, it's been great talking to you as well. And thanks, guys. And, and whenever some of this comes up, we'll have you back on to discuss because one of these days... We're going to catch one. One of these days. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks. Greg wrote a really great book on Roswell that goes really in-depth into the research. So I'd recommend, if you get a chance on that, read his book on the investigation into Roswell. We know that happened, too. So that's a whole other pod. We'll do that again next time. <laughs>